The Bible Study Podcast, episode 794. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Malachi with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Malachi chapter 2 has three different sections, and we'll start with a section called Additional Warning to the Priests. And now, you priests, this is a warning for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung from your festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it. And you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many from sin." For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty, so I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people, because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law." Okay, so there's something very specific going on historically with this, and unfortunately it sounds a lot like those pre-Babylonian captivity warnings here that you people, in this case the priests, are not being faithful. Now this is a little different in the sense that he's not accusing them of worshiping false gods as we had in such a large amount before the Babylonian captivity, but he's still saying that their sacrifices and they're going through the motions, that their sacrifices are not going to be accepted. This is kind of the blemished sacrifices from the last chapter, or at least that's probably related to that. But they're basically not doing the right things. They're kind of going through the motions without actually being followers of God, but without being reverent, without being in awe of God and who God is. And And so God is going to curse them, and they're going to be smeared with dung, which is just really graphic, as well as uh, sort of tells them that when you think about the Old Testament, and it talks about the sacrifices, it talks about the aroma of the sacrifices rises to heaven and is pleasing to God. Well, this is what God is smelling. God is smelling that what you're doing smells like dung. Um, That is not good news. That is basically saying that I had this covenant with Levi. And with Levi, really, that would start with Aaron uh, and Moses and would start with that covenant of the Levitical priests that they would serve and they would serve in reverence. Um, and that he was so, and they said, we say that he revered me and stood in awe of my name. I think at this point, we're probably not talking about Levi per se, but more of Aaron and the, the priests in the lineage of Aaron. And that there was true instruction in their mouth, right? And so he's not finding in these priests true instruction. They probably don't know God, which is why they're not instructing correctly. 
they, they're instructing people what to do, but probably half-heartedly based on the last chapter. And so, again, they're going through the motions. And so God has become displeased, and so God will cause them to be despised and humiliated because they have not followed their ways and they have shown also partiality in matters of the law. And partiality is one of those things that keeps coming up in terms of matters of the law that priests would often act as judges. And again, that constant, constant refrain from the prophets that the law has to apply equally. There's no one who is gets more of the law because they're rich or less of the law because they're poor. And that's still a case in our days that it is really hard to say that we apply it equally. And there are certainly some people and some political figures who feel that they're above the law, some rich people who feel that they're above the law. And God doesn't like that partiality, that the law is supposed to be, we do this because it's the right thing to do. And if it's the right thing to do for person A, it's the right thing to do for person B. If the right thing to do for a pauper, it's the right thing to do for a prince. If it's the right thing to do for a factory worker, it's the right thing to do for a president or a senator or whoever. That God wants us in those days and in these days to have this sense that the law is doing the right thing for the right reasons. And these priests are not doing it. They're showing partiality. They're showing favoritism to people who can give a better sacrifice, maybe, or who can give a better donation, or in some way, I'm going to guess they're not showing partiality to the poor, but more likely to the rich. And God says, that is not okay. Breaking covenant through divorce. Do we not all have one father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship a foreign god. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Another thing you do. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask why. It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. I have a friend recently who got divorced and she said she didn't really want people to respond to her that, oh, that's too bad because we don't know what's going on and maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe it's the next step. Uh, and, And that's hard for me because I do see that divorce means something broke. Uh, And we live in a broken and fallen world, so things do break. Marriages do break, and I do, don't believe that that's the end of things. Um, I come from a, a tradition, a Protestant tradition, where there is forgiveness for that, but it doesn't mean that it's God's intention. 
God intends when we stand before him, when we make those promises that we do in the sight of God for marriage, that we continue with them. And this was in those days doubly true for the man because the man had all the power in the relationship. That a man who left his wife might leave her penniless uh, because she would not have a career or a job to fall back on, typically. And so it was especially, this is written as if it only applied to the man, but that's not the reason why it, and the reason why that is, is because there is an unequalness in the power dynamic. And God always is in favor, God is always looking after the widows, the orphans, the foreigner, those who don't have power. That was part of the whole thing with the priests and them showing partiality is God looking after those who are not going to be shown favor. And in this case, especially God saying, you know, you the man, if you divorce your wife, you're not doing what God wants. Now, this is a tough area here because I think that is still true, but I also think that there is forgiveness, that God understands that things broken, that things do break and we live in a broken and fallen world, but God intends for us to fulfill our marriage vows. God intends for us to fulfill those promises. And the New Testament gives a couple reasons for divorce and unfaithfulness. And, and, you know, if you're married to an unbeliever and they go and they leave you, then let them leave and things like that. But, but God intends for us to fulfill our promises, especially this very important promise. And honestly, and I've been married 41 years, it's not going to be easy every day. It's not going to be easy every week, every month or every year. But that doesn't mean we should quit. Now, on the other hand, if you're in an abusive situation where someone is abusing you, I would recommend you leave, right? I I don't want to use this as a way to say that someone who's in a really bad situation should stay, but the intent is that we fulfill our marriage vows. Breaking covenant through injustice. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have you wearied him, you ask, by saying all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them, or where is the God of justice? We would be better off if we could see the world as God sees it. We as the people of God are called to intervene in the world as God would have us, but it helps if we see the world as God sees it. If we see those things that are evil, as evil and those things that are good as good. And God is not all that thrilled when we replace one with the other. When we say, well, we like this person because they do this and we're overlooking these other big problems. When we are favorable to the people who can give us something, when we're transactional, you know, so that we can overlook all sorts of failings because this person is good for me. And so we see good where there is evil or evil where there is good. God would desire instead that we see things as he sees things, that we have discernment and that we have wisdom to know what to do next. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. 
Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.